If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Before we get started today, I wanted to remind you that if you want more out of life, there is another way. What if there was a way you didn't know about? Whether you're lacking momentum in your business, getting the same results, you're in, you're out, you don't have a supportive environment, people aren't encouraging you to live your dream, or you're tired of not living into your gifts, you're doing something that's unfulfilling, but you want a life that excites you, I know I can help. All you have to do is get on a call with somebody from my team that's going to help you understand the strategies and tactics of success. Go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, and we're going to help you rock your money and your life. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, and let's get started today. So welcome to the podcast. My name is Rock Thomas, and I am here with a fascinating gentleman who has got a very unique identity. He is a father, a husband, an entrepreneur, an ultra-endurance athlete, and his most recent passion is the 29-029, and I'm going to let him explain to you what that number is, but it really has to do with testing your identity and seeing how far you can go in life. So please welcome Mark Hodelik to the podcast. Thanks, Rock. Thanks for having me on here. It's a pleasure to be here. So I, have, I grew up on a farm and I was used to adversity and obstacles. And I learned in life that if you do what is difficult, life becomes easier. And yet most people are always looking for what's easy. And then eventually difficult shows up because we were born to grow is my belief. It looks like you chase difficult. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to set it up. You, for most of my life, I would say I've been blessed that life wasn't hard. I have a very close family. I was, grew up middle class, was a pretty decent high school runner and ran track in college. And, and, and a lot of that came easy. I, I certainly challenged myself, but, but I had a talent. I knew what it was. It was easy to find. And, and my parents nurtured that. But as I got older, I started to realize that I was not challenging myself as much. And I like to use the term unsettled. I was just kind of unsettled that some of these things had become easy. And I started thinking about the potential that I was wasting. And it wasn't being wasted from not running track anymore. But it was from not challenging myself enough in my free time uh, with the activities and adventures that I was taking on. And, and luckily, I've been able to parlay that in the last three to four years of my life through endurance sport to then translating that to bringing that type of challenge and benefit that I get from those challenges to other through this 29 to 29 event. So in every part of our life, we have, you know, the, the big pieces, we've got our work, we've got our family, and we've got, you could say our health or hobbies. How have you divided up your life in those areas? Sure. I, I think that we all struggle for one thing and that's balance. And that, you know, when you tend to focus on health and wellness, and if you put a huge endurance event or challenge out in front of you, then maybe your family life struggles because you're not spending as much time with your loved ones as you're focused on this. Or, or people do that with work. And that I've always tried to figure out finding that, that right balance. 
And for me, being lucky enough to pursue a passion of mine, which is endurance sport and the benefits you get out of that through a business that is 29029, I've been able to marry a lot of those things and involve my family in the business, have my kids be at the challenge. I've been able to of my work be an athlete and being an endurance athlete. And so that's testing other people's products, which are races and challenges. And so I've been able to kind of manifest that myself by pursuing something that was important to me and also finding a way to take something that I was very passionate and authentic about and bring it to other people. Okay, so I feel jealousy coming up for a lot of people because so many people are doing what they feel they have to do in order to make a living. And they're playing the one day game. Someday I'm going to do what I really want when I handle this or when the kids grow up, et cetera. How were you able to, at a young age, figure out how to combine the two? Yeah, I love that you framed it that way because I, I made it sound like it was just something that I scripted up and happened and it was very far from that case. There's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of fear and anxiety and it was a long road to get to where I am and there's a long rare road to get to where I want to be because I am unsettled and I want to continue to strive for more. I worked as a management consultant. I sold payroll door to door at ADP when I first moved to New York City. I worked at a catering firm at night. I have my own t-shirt company on the side. I've always kind of had the hustle for a long time, continue to try new things to try to find what was going to scratch my entrepreneurial itch, what was going to work, and what was going to bring me passion. And I always found that you, you have to make a paycheck. You have to pay bills. You got to take care of your core responsibilities. But it's how you choose to spend your free time that you can choose to find and pursue your passion, which one day may become a job, it may become a career. Or you can sit at home and watch Netflix, or you can go out and drink. And I think the thing that, that I did through my 20s was I did have this passion and this curiosity around events and around challenges. And so that started with just challenges with my friends. Then that turned into uh, a Wall Street event that I created that was a huge charity fundraiser. And that year one, it was eight of us. Year two, it was 30 of us. Year three, it was 100. And then year four, yes, it was a big success, but that it, it, it was not this very clear cut, easy path to getting there. So what I would want people listening to understand is that there was a lot of trial and error and I'm 39 now and when I was 29, I didn't have it all figured out. I had no idea. And I figured out a lot more this year than I did last year because I'm constantly putting myself in a position where I don't know what the outcome is going to be and I'm going to work really hard to try to find out that positive outcome. So it's cliche, the daily routine, the morning routines, et cetera. And I know that your partners with Jesse Isler and I read you know, a couple of his books, and I'm a big fan of David Goggins and Charlie Engel and that whole group of people that have given other people, I'll call us regular civilians, the belief that there's a completely other level of possibility in the human spirit. So tell me a little bit about what you do to continue to push yourself. Do you have a morning routine? Do you have an evening routine? Do you meditate? Do you, do you jump out of bed and do 100 push-ups? And uh, well, Tell me a little bit about that. I'm probably the most human of all those gentlemen and, and individuals that you just named. <laughs> In that okay. I, I struggle with morning routine. I'm not a morning person. You would think having run college track, having to get up and, and run at 6 a.m. before class, I would have gotten used to it. I, I learned to hate it. And so for me, when I put a big goal on my calendar, it's structuring my day in a way where I know I'm going to get things done. It's certainly easy if you get it done in the morning, but I'm not a morning person. So I found that I got a lot of my long runs done at night and I wasn't willing to sacrifice time with my kids. I wasn't willing to sacrifice my work, but that meant that maybe nine or 10 o'clock at night when a lot of people are settling down with a glass of wine or, or maybe starting to watch Netflix, I was putting on my running shoes. So for me, I don't have this beautiful morning routine 
I certainly start off my day with the one thing I have to get done that day. And some days that's the run. Someday that may be going to my kid's school for lunch with them and maybe making one of their games. It's not always work related, but it's that today is a success if I get it done. And that's how I kind of center my day. And, and sometimes those tasks are big. It could be a four or five hour task to get done. But I kind of start my day with what is going to make today a success if I get this one thing done. And then I structure the rest of the day around it. And, and I try to keep as best as I can a calendar clear for a few hours for what I would just call deep thought and strategic thought. So it's not meditating, but it's where my most creative ideas come out. That could come out on a walk. That could come out during a coffee. That could come out in the shower, right? Or it could come out when I'm running. But that I don't, when I run, that is my time to think and plan. And that I don't run with the phone. I don't listen to music. And, and you know, no disrespect to your listeners, I don't listen to podcasts when I work out. I listen to them in the car. I listen to them when I'm checking emails. But when I run, that is my time to kind of think and be active when I get my creative juices flowing. So, you know, for me, I, I don't have that perfect routine. And it is something that, that I'm very human and struggle with. But I do have those bounds of this is going to get done today. And I, and I hold myself accountable to make sure that task at least gets done. I love it. A lot, a lot, a lot of great juicy stuff in that. I, I teach people that the first thing is you got to become self-aware if you're going to be involved as a human being. And the second piece is you need to hold yourself accountable and or be in an environment where you're held accountable by people that you respect. And when you do those two things, then growth is kind of automatic. I, I respect the fact that when you run, you go allow yourself to go deep in thought. Most people don't have time for that, but you are aligning yourself in a way that works for you. How did you discover that, you know, I, I say that the strongest force in human nature is the desire to remain consistent with how we describe ourselves. So I am not a morning person, creates a context, and you run at night. What, what was the genesis of that? Did you, did you have other people you ran with in the morning, you're like, oh, my energy's just not great. Uh, did, you, <laughs> did you, at the end of the day, you're like, my kids are in bed, I, I feel like running, I got to get this in. What happened? I just want to break that down a bit. Sure. So first off, I don't run at night all the time, but I do structure a lot of my long runs. And I found what I felt like was a superpower of doing something when I knew no one else was doing it. Yes. There was something yes. about going out at 10 o'clock at night and putting on a headlamp and running on a trail and not seeing one other person. But if I did it at 7am, there'd be 50 or hundred people on the trail. And it started to feel much more empowering to be out there by myself knowing that people were relaxing and I would smile in the fact that people were kicking up their feet. And by the way, the, the opposite is true. You can trick your mind in anything. It's 7 a.m. Yes. There's many people working yeah. out when everyone else is laying in bed. It doesn't make me any better. It right. just was my own way of convincing myself for you. what I was doing was better. And it's not better. It's just what works yeah. for me to make me feel comfortable. I love it. Right. Yeah, I love it. And tricking your own brain when you find, you know, the you break the vault open to how you can inspire, motivate yourself. That's all that matters. It's learning about yourself. So I love it. I think it's brilliant. Talk to me a little bit about uh, your relationship with Jesse. What's that like? Uh, I read his book, Living with a Navy Seal. Uh, his wife is an inspiration for a lot of people. Pretty dynamic couple. He's done some crazy stuff. If you're hanging out with him, the third piece to the element of change, the first one being, you know, create a visualization. The second one is don't give energy to anything you don't want to grow. And the third one is hang around badasses. And I would put him in that category. So how is <laughs> yeah. How has that affected your life? For sure. Yeah, so a few years ago, I read a quote that I really liked that resonated with me, which says, play long-term games with long-term people. And that 
for me, Jesse's a long-term person. He was someone that I'd gotten to know through our kids playing football. I was coaching his son and my son on a flag football team. And we had very similar outlooks on time efficiency. You know, I would run to practice and my kid, my wife would drive the kids because I didn't want to sit in traffic. So I was like, well, if I run four miles, it's faster than driving because now I'm getting my run done and I'm commuting. And he thought that was quite fascinating. And and look, the guys had a tremendous amount of success. But what resonated most with me is that he was living unsettled. He was constantly putting big things on his calendar that he didn't know if he would finish. And so being around someone like Jesse, who's living and breathing the life that, that I am as well, I think continues to challenge and motivate each other. We, we, we just ran 100 miles together two weeks ago. And it was something that Neither one of us really planned to do. We put in a lot of training, but we held held each other accountable to it, and we did it together. And and those types of things, when you do together, you get bonded in a a much deeper way because you really see each other's lows. You see each other's highs. And and these style of events, I think, give an opportunity for you to see your best self because you have an opportunity to face failure and to quit time and time again. And when you don't quit, you have an opportunity then to be proud of yourself. And I, and I think what I've learned most from Jesse and our partnership is that as you get older, it's much easier to stick to the things that you're good at. It's much harder to try new things and risk failure. But when you risk failure, you get that opportunity to truly grow. And I know that's cliche, but I think it's, it's, it's about being proud of yourself. I don't pat myself on the back all that much, but I'm learning how to play guitar with my son. And when I learn a new chord, it feels really damn good in, in a way that, really? that, that things that I do at work feel good, but they don't feel as good because I, I, I kind of should be able to do them. And, and I feel right. like trying to learn a new skill late in life or later in life or middle in life or wherever you're at puts you in that place where you have an opportunity to, to be proud of yourself, which many people start to miss. Yeah, I think that doing things that are difficult helps build your self-esteem. Being able to rely on yourself when you don't know a way, but you find a way helps you feel confident. So I I agree with all of that. And I think that the body is just a great tool for you to develop the gymnastic muscles in your mind and push yourself through it. So I love all of that. I want to ask you a little bit about the unsettled thing, because for a lot of people, the target for their life is to be happy. And... How do you remain satisfied or content or feeling good while at the same time saying, I want more? So the unsettled piece needs a description. Without a doubt, look, just like my morning routine, it's something that I work on. Uh, You get to talk to a lot of fabulous people. And the thing you'll find out most about me is I think I'm one of the most self-aware people because I'm willing to admit what I have to work on and what I struggle with. And it's, it's not all easy and it's not all perfect. And for me, being unsettled is... There's no greater feeling for me almost than the feeling of a finish line because my kids are there, my wife is there. It's a culmination of a huge journey, and that finish line is addicting, and you want it. But you also have to be able to look back and and celebrate some accomplishments. And you have to be able to reflect and be grateful that your family sacrificed time, that you were healthy enough to do it, that you had the time off of work that the weather was right, whatever it was, you have to be grateful for those things and realize that if you get too caught up in the finish line or the feeling of that, that you'll become addicted to it like any other vice. And that that's not going to lead to happiness because you're constantly chasing something that is fleeting. So for me, it's, it's this push and pull of in 2017, I did my first Ironman and the finish line was amazing. In 2018, I did my first hundred mile and it was great. But then this year I paced people. 
I took people to those highs and that was much more gratifying for me to sacrifice and be part of their crew, stay up through the night, make sure they had the food that they needed, the nutrition, make sure that they were on pace for whatever their goal was. And that for me, it was saying, Hey, look, it felt great to do this myself. It honestly felt as good. And with some of the individuals, it felt better to help them get there than me to get it myself again. So I think part of me being unsettled is, is wanting to challenge myself, but it's also challenging myself enough to say, hey, look, don't just pat yourself on the back. Give people an opportunity or help them get that same feeling that you got. And so that's where I'm really trying to find that balance is, yes, every couple of years, I feel like it is necessary for me to do one of these challenges, but not do them every month, not do them every six or eight weeks. Find a way to still be in those environments, but support others and, and help them reach their goals is just as gratifying. How much of pushing yourself are you conscious that you're making your children's life easier by setting the bar higher and saying, look, this is what's possible. And they're witnessing that. And therefore, for them, there's a whole world of opportunity because dad's created possibility. How much of that is a motivating factor for you? I, I see it both ways. I, not to be argumentative. I mean, in one respect, I think I'm making their lives harder, right? In, because... I'm in a world where I'm surrounded by people who've done amazing things. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky enough to work with an entrepreneur who's exited three companies of publicly traded companies, right? And he's, he's married to one of the youngest self-made female billionaires, right? That's inherently then become part of their life. That's not the norm. And that owning and running a business is hard. Working in corporate America is hard. Whatever your job is, those things are not easy and, and they're not easy for me, but I'm surrounded by a lot of times the best of the best, the best endurance athletes, the best. And, and that, that's not normal. And so I think what my kids see, it's great for them to be around such positive, such driven people, but it also sets the bar really high. And I, and I think for me, it's relating it back to last night we were in the driveway and they were practicing their layups and, and it's celebrating the fact that my youngest did a layup properly. And like, that's a win and let's celebrate the wins and, and not put the pressure on him that he's got to end up being an endurance athlete. You know, I was not a professional endurance athlete. I wasn't even that great of a college miler. I just want them to be satisfied in what they do. And I think so much of you talked about self-esteem before it's a reputation you have with yourself was another quote that I love. And if, yes. if you're giving your best in something and you're not cheating yourself, you're going to have great self-esteem. And so for me, I found that outlet in endurance sports. I found that outlet in 29029, and I found that outlet supporting others. My nine-year-old this morning, I had to take him to school early because he's going to school on Thursday mornings early to help special needs kids. He's caring. He's compassionate. And if that's what he decides to do with his life, he's a huge win. He's giving back more than, than, than I could ever hope for. So I think I'm, I'm showing them that you can set the bar high, the goal setting, the discipline. My kids saw me going out and running at night. They see me early in the morning when I really don't want to be running and I've come in from a run before they've gone to school. They see and notice those things, but I also don't want them to feel like they have to be a runner or they have to be an entrepreneur. It's more so following your passion and following what's in your heart and not being able to express what's in your heart. Too many people I feel like are hesitant to show their true emotions. And I'm a guy that wears his emotions on his sleeve in a very positive way. I don't mind showing you that I care and I don't mind telling you that I care. And that's something I really want my kids to understand that that authenticity is what's lacking in this world and will help them stand out. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. In my first book, The Power of Your Identity, I wrote a, a piece on, if you compare yourself to other people, you'll always feel greater or less than. You compare yourself to, let's say, Jesus Christ as an example, not that I'm religious, but just sure. you know, as kind of perfect. 
you're always going to feel like you're coming up short somewhere. Or you can compare yourself to people on Jerry Springer. Do you ever see that show? Yes. yes. Right? I'm and you're going to feel... Yeah, we're time to call. <laughs> I think we've all, we've all seen right. a bit of it anyway. And you're going to feel good about yourself. You're going to go, what an idiot. And you'll feel great. I think what you're doing, which I respect and admire, is you're saying to your kids, listen, just compare yourself to yourself. And what do you want to do that's going to make you reach for your best personal self? And I think that's all we can do. And you're an example of a guy who's pushing yourself to be your best version. And your vehicle might be running. Their vehicle might be charity. It might be chess. It could be anything they want. But I think if we can, we can inspire our kids just to constantly get up, grow, and push themselves and celebrate the layup, if that's the thing that they didn't right. quite do yet, then... God bless. That's amazing. So yeah, and, I, and I, be, I get it. And to be a good person, right? Yes. You know, I think sometimes when I do these podcasts, I don't ever want to portray that this has been easy. I've already said that before. But if yeah. you'd asked me two years ago when I was creating 29029 with Jesse, I didn't know I'd find this much fulfillment, this much passion, this much joy from it. I hoped I would. And now I'm yeah. grateful for that. And I feel like I have a responsibility to nurture it. But you don't always find out what your purpose is early on. And, and you got to keep working for it if you really want it. So it's yeah. never too late is kind of my feeling because if you would ask my 29 year old self, I didn't have things all figured out. So, but you keep on showing up and you keep on being what I call passionately curious. And then the next door is going to lead to something. I think uh, I like the quote I heard from the rock. He says that, you know, it's nice to be great, but it's great to be nice. And that human aspect I think is, is a quality that, the vulnerability, the transparency, you don't need to put your victories in somebody else's face if you're nice. If you're doing it out of ego, then you're competing again to be better than somebody else and you're working on the biggest fear we all have is we're not enough, we're not lovable and we're not worthy and it's not a competition against other people. It's more of a collaborative affair of, hey, I'm going for this, you wanna come with me for the run, so to speak, or for the ride. So let's talk about that, 20 you talked about how you feel about helping other people achieve some of the highs that you've achieved. Tell us what that's like. You know, when we created this event, it, it started off as what we wanted to be the best endurance event on the planet. We wanted to take everything that was lacking in other endurance events, which I really felt like was community. You went and did this amazing challenge in Ironman, you ran a marathon, you ran 100 miles, and then everyone went their separate ways. And for me, whenever I did those big challenges, the best part for me was getting together with my family and my crew afterwards and sharing a drink with them and talking about the day. But it did feel lacking that everyone else that I kind of competed with, not against, but for the most part competed with, they all went their separate ways as well. And what we wanted to do with 29 to 29 was bring the community together and say, hey, look, for three days, we're going to rent a mountain. You're going to climb it. You're going to take the gondola down and continue to hike up this mountain and repeat this same lap again and again and again with the ultimate goal, hopefully climbing 29,029 feet, which is the height of Everest. But at the end of the event, we're all going to come together. We're not going to go our separate ways. We're all going to come together. And that's why it's an all-inclusive event. All the meals are eaten together because we're part of a family for the weekend. There's no winners. There's no losers. It's truly a you versus you challenge. You put a goal out there of I'm going to hike for 36 hours. I'm going to get as many summits as possible or I'm going to get 17 in Stratton, or I'm going to get 15 in Idaho, or I'm going to get 13 in Utah, whatever the different mountains are. But for some people, it's one climb. And we had a gentleman, Adam Jorgensen, last weekend in Vermont, whose goal was to get up the mountain one time. And it took him over five hours, and he did it. But 
being on the same trail with 250 other people, they all encouraged him. And everyone on that mountain benefited from Adam being on that mountain and him just getting his one summit. And that was a huge win. And because it's not a competition or a race, we've built this immense community around an endurance challenge. And so for me, standing at the top of the mountain and high-fiving people and hugging them, I thanked everyone Saturday night. I mean, the event just ended last week in Vermont. I thanked everyone because they were thanking me for cheering them on, for hugging them, for the smiles. My boys are up there. My wife is up there. Former participants are up there. They don't realize how much I get from them. And seeing people have pride in themselves, seeing people break through barriers, seeing people be broken and tired and hungry and cold and want to quit. And yet them say to me, if you're standing up here, I'm going to come up for one more lap. And at 2 a.m., I'm looking at them. I'm saying, I'm waiting for you. Come up one more time and I'll see you in an hour and a half. And they don't know that that fuels me for the next 365. Just seeing that grace and humanity and courage on display from people who it would be very easy for them to be settled, as I said. And they're coming out to take on a new challenge, not to be some ultra endurance athlete, but to find out who they are when everything's kind of stacked against them. And that, that's what's, what's, to me, most unique. When I mean stacked against them, I mean they're tired, they're hungry, they're cold, they want to stop. And, and there's no amazing reward for keep going. And it's just your own personal reward. Sure, we have medals and you get a red hat that only finishers get. And those things symbolize way more than just a hat or a medal. So it's a long answer. But for me, it's, it's, it's such an amazing gift to be able to be the CEO and running in, in an event that you see have such positivity and brings out the best in humanity. And that to me is what those 36 hours are about on the mountain is, is really seeing how good the majority of people are in this world and that it comes out in the form of just hiking up a mountain in a small community. Okay, this is gonna sound really corny, but if there were more people like you, the planet would truly be a better place. Where did you get your values from? How did you decide that you were gonna be somebody who could be so generous and vulnerable were your parents amazing? Did you have a mentor that one day influenced you? Sure, thank you. Uh, look, my, I'm still very close to my parents. My parents were a huge influence. My sister's an amazingly supportive and great person. I don't think I realized at the time that, you know, she was president of her sorority. She went to Alabama, I went to Auburn. There's a huge rivalry there. <laughs> but <laughs> she left college numerous times to come back and watch me run. And it wasn't until I went to college where I like didn't want to miss a party and I thought, wow, what amazing love and support my sister gave me. And what amazing love and support my parents gave me. And then I happened to marry my wife, Stacy, who I'm just so lucky to have, who's as giving and as compassionate of a person first. And I don't think I truly appreciated what 29 on 29 was until my wife did it last year. She never even done a 10K. You know, she hiked for 27 straight hours until she finished. And it was the first time she really did something for herself. She wasn't taking care of me. She wasn't taking care of our dogs. She wasn't taking care of the home or our two kids or her parents, or looking for holiday gifts for my parents. And she's always putting other people first. And this was the first time that for, for two to three days, she put everything down. It was all about her. She wasn't supporting me in one of my races. And, and for me, it was amazing to see that outlet, you know, that, that a lot of times in our, in, in our world, the, the women in our lives are supporting us, even when they're working, even when they're the entrepreneur, they still have a lot of these responsibilities at home that, that the dynamics wrong. And, and that this event has been a forum where I've seen 
the women of the household and um, the real leaders come out and, and get a chance to shine. So that's, that's really where, it, where it's been. And then I, and I think lastly, it's, I've surrounded myself with positive people, the people in my life that, that are not challenging me, they're not holding me accountable and, uh, and are not willing to have a tough conversation with me. If I mess up, I'm, I'm really open to the criticism. So I think you want to surround yourself with people that don't just pat you on the back. You want to surround yourself with people who are willing to call you out when you're wrong and, and also that are going to be there in the bad times. I'm the friend that is not going to text you. I'm going to call you. And if a call is not going to work, I'm going to be there in person. And, and you surround yourself with people who appreciate that and do the same for you. I believe that you're going to start living a life where you want to give more because you get such benefit from it um, when you see it from both sides. Would you agree that the feeling of achieving climbing a mountain is awesome, but the feeling of helping and guiding and encouraging and challenging somebody else to do it that thought they couldn't is even more awesomer? Yes. I, I don't want to diminish anyone who's completed or will complete 29 of 29, but I will tell you that the feeling of seeing someone do it and, and when they didn't think they could do it. Seeing someone grow in front of you is really powerful and it's really, it's really tough to put into words. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I'm blessed that I get to do that as mostly as a living, as a, as a coach and a, and a teacher and a trainer, et cetera. And people say, why do you keep on doing your financially free rock? Why don't you just go golfing all the time and do that? And I go, because the greatest high is helping somebody find their next level and, and do the thing that they didn't think they could do. It's, like, like you said, you can't even describe that feeling. It's, it's almost like God or the universe put that in you as a way for us to help each other and to inspire other people. So, um, so I get it. So what are you excited about now for the next year or five years? Yeah, it's, it's tough coming away from a weekend where you're just surrounded by all these amazing people who did grow. And, and you know, I would say there's magic on the mountain and it just comes out and people probably think that's corny and by the end of the weekend there and for me it's it's harnessing that magic for the next year it's what type of communications how can we continue to grow and foster this community we just announced we're going to another location here next year which is idaho which we're excited about we're going to sun valley in june and and, and launching a new location it is exciting because i know our family is going to grow and 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 the brand can grow and we can bring this to more people but it's also what types of things can we do throughout the year to keep harnessing this community and, and the magic that we have. And, and so I've kind of challenging myself and our staff to think about how can we create more forums whereby we benefit from being around each other because those 36 hours of climbing, they're there and they're gone. And I don't expect everyone to come back with us. I hope they come back as a volunteer. I hope they come back to cheer others on or bring family members but it's a large commitment of time and of money. And for me, it's, it's kind of trying to constantly challenge, what are we doing as a company whereby we're not just putting on this event on the mountain? Are there things that we can be doing where we take the same mission, vision, and values of, of helping people get their best self? We can showcase it on the mountain, but are there things that we can do as a brand and as a company that will expand beyond that? So that's really where I'm challenging myself now is, as we look to, you know, don't get me wrong, we go on sale Tuesday, October 29th. So very quickly, you know, we're looking to sell our events for next year, but, but then I look past that and, and I really want to nurture and hold the brand close. I've, uh, I've been part of companies before that, that I, you know, will be hard on myself about trying to grow too fast and that this to right. me is too sacred and special. It's, it's making sure that we never compromise that experience for profit or for growth. 
and and some of that is to protect the brand and some of it is because it's it's self-serving it feels really good to have that feeling and i don't want that ever to be lost and i want to make sure that what people got in 2017 2018 and 2019 people get in 2050 and that is a big goal of mine of making sure that that same feeling doesn't get lost and and it's it's got to be held held dear and closely when are you writing your book Chris Tuff is in my ear about that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that is, that is one of those things where you, where you wonder if you have a message that anyone wants to read and, and, and that everyone has some level of, of hesitancy about doing things. And for me, that is one where I need to be unsettled about. And I need people like yeah. you to challenge me and say, hey, yeah. look, you know, make that a goal and do that because um, you're doing a disservice if you don't. And I think I haven't crossed that threshold yet, but it's certainly something that's in my ear. All right. Well, I'm going to challenge you on that because there's no question in my mind you have a book in you that needs to be out there. I feel your spirit, your soul, and people need more of you and they need more of this. They need more of an opportunity to go somewhere and belong in an environment that demands the best of them or the next level of them. We live in a world where it's too easy to turn to, to Netflix or to junk food or to uh, a crappy conversation. But I, you know, I host these events. We have a tribe called Healthy, Wealthy, Generous People that choose to lead epic lives and don't apologize for being awesome. And when people come to our events, they leave and they go, Rock, all the people that are at these events are amazing. And I go, that's true. And some of them leave and they're assholes in the world. Because we all have asshole in us and we all have great in us, but put into a context of on the mountain, encouraged, supported, and challenged to climb like that, that part of us comes out. Put on the road where you're tired, you're anxious, you're worried about paying your mortgage and somebody cuts you off and you flip somebody off. We have all of it. But the more that you bathe environments like you've created or I've created, the more people find that part of themselves. And so, yeah, there's a book in you for sure. And I'm just waiting for the date so that we can hold you accountable. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Yeah. I couldn't agree more too of that's in, in you talking about the asshole comes out. Jess and I like to say that our events have a no asshole policy. And yet I'm sure we have some that, you know, have, have, have challenging home lives or challenging work environments and, and the mountain is a refuge for them and it brings out the best yeah. in them. I just hope that when they see their best self, more of their best self in terms of patience and gratitude and compassion comes out in their daily life because it's something that I constantly have to work on and that it's, it's easy to be positive when you're in a great environment surrounded by wonderful people. It's much harder to be that same person when you face the challenges at home. So, Yes. However, as you know, if you have more of the references in your brain of experiencing a great community and a great environment, when you go back into your hostile environment, you can reference that in your brain. You can trick your brain and go, you know what? Let me just pretend I'm in that environment. Let me respond in a way that I would respond in my higher self. And when you start to exercise that muscle, you can use it as the universe as a mental gymnastics for your spirit and soul to grow. And you lean on that. Imagine somebody never having the community only being in a crap community, sure. then they don't have the reference and it's harder for them to dig it up, right? And, and as you're talking about kind of going and having that mental muscle and being able to look back on those experiences, you know, I wear a, a bracelet that says lean in on it. And, and that came from 
a long time ago running a race and, and I was a miler and the third lap was, was the most challenging lap because you got tired, but you needed to lean in during that lap and make a move if you were going to try to actually win the wet race and break the competition. As I got into endurance in sports and things like that, it became, it's easy to back off. But if you lean in, that's kind of where the magic happens, where you don't know what's going to happen if you continue to push yourself. You know what happens if you stop. And for me, in challenging situations, whether it's a conversation I need to have with my wife about our home finances, or whether it's something at work, or whether it's, you know, where we're going to get together as a family for the holidays, these things that sometimes create a lot of stress, like whose house are we going to go to for Thanksgiving? You know, these are real problems that people face. That they I are. And if you're able to lean into them and understand that with patience and with compassion, a better answer will happen. It's something I constantly have to work on, but that's why I wear it on my wrist. I don't wear this when I'm running. You know, I wear this when I'm going out to dinner or when I'm, when I'm going to right. work because I need that reminder that, you know, the, the person that I am on the mountain or the person that I am on the trails is one of the best versions of myself. And I need to consistently try to find that in my daily life as well. Yeah, a lot of people say like, you know, being a monk and meditating in the mountains is difficult. Well, try being of the monk mindset in the chaos of New York City when all the shit's going down and your kids are sick and you're trying to pay your bills. That's, in my opinion, when it really counts. What's 100%. it like when you're going through your day to day? And how are you treating the people you truly love? What sure. are you willing to do to find another part of yourself? So um, how can people sign up for this? What do, what do people, where do people need to go if they want to? Is it 29 29 Yes, it's 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 everesting.com. It is, yeah. It's it's the numbers two nine zero two nine and then Everstein, E V E R E S T I N G Everstein.com. And if you just enter twenty nine oh twenty nine and Google will be the first result. But I would encourage anyone, if you're even remotely scared, nervous, curious about it, that's the hardest thing you have to do is sign up and commit. And and once you commit, it's it's my job and it's my promise to you that we'll do everything we can to get you to that mountain as many times as you're willing to go. And that, that's what my staff will do. And that's why we include training programs and coaching calls and Facebook lives and everything because it's, you become part of a family and a community. And, and we just want to see you grow and, and leave and, and, and bring those positive vibes back to where you're from. So we have a great audience for you because at all of our events, what we encourage is meditation, yoga, four to six hours of doing something like mountain biking or ultimate frisbee and playing together and bonding together. And then we spend the rest of the night masterminding around how to lead epic lives and create wealth and things like that. So I'm sure you're going to get a lot of traction with this because this is kind of, it's, I think it's kind of your people and, and you're our people. So I'm interested Thank to you. see how many people are going to, going to sign up. When is the next event? So our next event is going to be June 18th through June 21st in Sun Valley. And then we're August 20th through 23rd, uh, just outside of Salt Lake City in Utah. And then we round out the year October 15th through 18th in Stratton Mountain, Vermont. So they're nicely spaced apart, uh, three kind of different climates and, and areas of the country for you to go to. But the, the one constant is me and our staff and, and Jesse and, and our new partner, Colin O'Brady. We have amazing people involved in this event that they're truly authentic and want to see you just, just grow in front of us and challenge yourself. And, uh, and, and I can promise you that you're going to find a challenge, but that you're going to like what you find on the other side as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, they're all beautiful locations. I imagine October 15th in Vermont has got to be beautiful fall foliage. 
It, it is. And you never know what you're going to get. I don't shy away from yeah. it. We get 60 and sunny and we also got seven inches of snow overnight last week. So in, in the course of two days, we had, you know, three different weather patterns come through. And, and that to me is an even much greater reward for what, what you're pushing through. So yeah, they're all beautiful locations. Sun Valley is, is kind of a destination for a lot of people. Salt Lake's the easiest to get to, um, the most consistent weather. So it's, it's a nice mix. And, uh, and that's what we consistently kind of look for as we go to different locations. We want to make sure that we have some variation between our events and people get a different experience with, with the weather and the mountain that they're experiencing as well. So um, what is the investment? And I don't say cost because this is sure. truly an investment in yourself. What, is, what are people going to be expected yeah, to invest it's, uh, in yourself? It's, it's $41.95 a person. And we've taken a much different approach to our pricing whereby we wanted to control the entire experience. And, and therefore, we want it to be very simple. You just commit to signing up. We give you training plans. We give you coaching calls. You're part of a, a wonderful private Facebook community with speakers like Charlie in there and Colin and Jesse. But then when you come to the event, you stay in luxury glamping tents, all your food and beverages included, uh, all of your swag, nothing's for sale at the event. And, and that to me removes a lot of the anxiety of, or, or challenge of doing an event is where am I going to stay? What am I going to eat? You know, when do I go to the, the swag tent? And do I buy things before the event? Or are they going to sell out of my size? So it, it's all taken care of for you. And, and that's really so we can have a very curated experience where you're just focused on your challenge and then meeting and interacting with other people. And that a lot of people say, why don't you put us up in luxury hotels and do stuff like that? Because that's what you're used to. And, and, and this is, you know, sharing a tent with someone. And maybe you're sharing a tent with two friends, but you're not in your own hotel room. And then when you're in these tents, you end up using the common spaces much more. The tents are, they're yeah. great tents. It's still a tent. Yeah. And so yeah. if it's cold at night, you're going to end up being in the lodge or you're going to end up hiking more. And, and that's where the true bonds are made. And, and Colin, our events I love, asks everyone at the end of an event, you know, raise your hand if you made a new friend this weekend. And every single person raises their hand. Yeah. And, and, and that is not just going to be a, a friend that, that maybe you, you text once or twice. These, these are people that you can share an experience that very few other people can understand. And that builds a bond that will last a very, very, very long time. So yeah. that is one of the most gratifying pieces of the experience. Okay. So one of the things I like to do toward the end of the call, and I feel like we could talk all day, is to get people to give me a bit of a, a description of who they are by saying, I am and I know you're grateful for your family and you take risks and you like to get the most out of life. I'd like to challenge you to add in there, I am an author. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I like being challenged and, and I don't like backing down from a challenge, especially if I think it's going to benefit me and my family and, 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 and a broader community. So I will, I will be adding, I am an author. Okay, very cool. And a question for you, if somebody has like, you know, uh, some sort of a, uh, an injury or they feel like they're, they got bad knees or something like that, what is your recommendation to them? First thing I'd say is reach out and call us and, and talk to us. Well, have you talked to one of our coaches? We're never going to try to convince someone to do this event if it's wrong for them. But let, let's, let's see if, if your fears or your challenges are, are, are things that would prevent you from doing the event. And, and in some cases, that, that's been true. We've had to tell people, look, we'll, we'll happily recommend you to other events that we think would be great for you. And right. it won't be events that we run. You know, we, we just want the best for people. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, we've had, we've, had a, we've had 
amputees climb with us. We've had uh, we've had a lot of people with challenges, and 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 it's mainly us trying to foster an environment where everyone feels welcome. So the thing I would say is, you know, there's when you fill out a lead form on our website, it'll ask if you want to have a phone call, and and you're going to talk to one of my former college teammates, the best man of my wedding, my best friend, Matt Burrell. We have one guy and he takes 25 phone calls a day and he's going to tell you everything you want to know about the event. If he's not available, you'll talk to me and we'll, we'll give you the most honest answer about if this is something for you or not. Uh, but it's really about, it, it's, it's really for everyone that just sees this as something where they don't know if they can do. That means you should sign up. That's what I get most fired up about is, is, people taking on the unknown. And this provides an unbelievable opportunity to take on the unknown. How many people are you expecting at your next event? So we've sold out every event since inception at 250 people. So we cap it at that. We feel like that's just the right number. It, it's like a medium sized wedding that you get to spend three yeah. days. You're just the, the middle part is a little bit more challenging than watching people take their vows. <laughs> but <laughs> You know, a, a nice, we, we do, we do uh, the Thursday of the event, we have wonderful speakers, as you mentioned, Charlie Engel before spoke, and Colin O'Brady speaks, and my partner Jesse speaks, I'll speak. We have people speak, get you really ready for the event, and then you have 36 hours of an endurance challenge, and Saturday night we have a big party, and then we have a brunch on Sunday and you leave, and you leave, but, but you're connected from those three days, and, and that's really why we limit the amount of participants, is that... Um, it does feel like a, a, a true community becomes a community because it's, it's not too large. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey man, this has been a blast. Really, really enjoyed uh, this conversation. I want to encourage other people that if you have somewhere in your identity, I am not a runner, I'm not a hiker, et cetera. Maybe it's time to add in, I am a runner, I am a hiker and to take on this event and to shift your identity because the words that follow, I am follow you. You will never outgrow your self-image. So it's really important for people to now add some words and start to romance this new part of themselves until they get comfortable with it, familiar with it, love it, and then get addicted to growing. So final statement, how would you describe yourself today? I'm authentic. That's what I kept thinking as you were talking is that I, I'm, I'm authentic and I'm authentic to the fact that how much I love my kids how much I love my parents, how much I love my wife, and how much I love what I do. And, and that, that authenticity will, will just, you'll feel it when you come and do our events. You'll feel it when you climb 29029. And uh, I hope when you come into my presence that, that, that you feel like I'm helping make you a better person because that's what I want. That's amazing. That's awesome. So thank you so much, Mark, for joining us today. And I want to remind again the listeners that the way that you define yourself is what is going to determine how you show up. So add some new jazzy words to the description of yourself. Dare to be great. And all of the, the rewards go to the man in the arena, not the critic up in the stands. The average person has somebody else's name on their back. It's time for you to wear your name on the front with pride and to climb the next mountain of your life, whatever it is. But certainly you've got somebody that if you're going to hang around with Mark, uh, you're going to become a better version of yourself. So Mark, thank you so much. Thank you, Rock. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to be Rock's private VIP mastermind guest. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift. 
so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.